I am now done with Pokemon Let's Go, by the way. Um, oh, nice. Um, let's think. What do I have? Oh, public service announcement. Um, turns out Logitech crayons don't work with iPads when an Apple Pencil is connected, which I guess makes sense. Uh, that, um, that does make sense, actually. You have to download... I downloaded the Bluetooth... Wait, what? <laughs> the user's guide PDF. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Download the Bluetooth. Uh, name of the episode. <laughs> um, uh, no, I downloaded the user's guide because I was just like, what's wrong with these things? And it turns out, yeah. And on the um, on the 2018 iPad Pro, they, the pencil sort of stays connected all the time when it's sitting on the top there. So Logitech's solution is uh, just turn off Bluetooth and... Because otherwise you have to forget the device completely, um, which you might want might not want to do if you've got like settings on your Apple Pencil. So yeah, just uh, turn off Bluetooth before you use your crayon with your iPad. I like it when we give good consumer advice. Yeah, man, get a Logitech crayon. Um, what else do we have to talk about? Uh, there's a there's a note for the next episode. Um, it's gonna scare you, Lex, uh, but the next episode will be live from San Jose. Uh, that's ah. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be fun. We're gonna be doing. Uh, we're gonna be in the same room, recording around some microphones, talking about everything that got announced on the June the third keynote, and then we'll get it uploaded, and we'll be uh, we'll be in sunny California, hopefully. Um, oh my we'll, god, we'll be there, but hopefully it'll be sunny. And uh, yeah, so that one will be a a stranger episode because it'll be a bit less a bit less rehearsed, a bit less uh, trimmed around the edges, I guess. Uh, but that'll be the next one, our WWDC 2019 special, which is madness. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited. Yeah, me too. That's going to be cool. It's going to be really cool. I've bought something that we're going to have the opportunity to play with while we're there. Um, and it involves really good low-light photography. Um, what, what, what have you bought? I bought a Google Pixel. Did you really? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Pixel 3a. <laughs> oh okay all right in, i'm in, um, done with this in, in purplish or whatever it's called uh, the yeah. purple color with the like fluorescent green power button yeah man i was <laughs> oh goodness i was gonna get one for 3.99 right i was i was really considering it thinking i i've had android devices in the past never as a main but i was like i'm really out of touch with android at the moment it's 3a looks like quite a good device to sort of get back into it um, because it is effectively like a 10R and uh, 10R to the 10S and Pixel, you know what I mean. Um, and I just I hit up our uh, our mutual friend whose name shall not be mentioned, um, and was like, "Yo, at your place of work, can you get staff discount yet?" And he's like, "Oh, look, yo, let me check." Turns out his place of work were doing a promotion where the first 1,000 employees to buy a Pixel 3a get it for the price of 199 pounds. Oh my god, what? <laughs> yep. So, uh, he, he, seeing as he didn't want one, he was like, yeah, man, you can have that, man. So, uh, there we go. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah, that's, that's fair enough. I mean, I didn't realize until afterwards that it has the a pretty much the exact same camera as the Pixel 3. So it's got night sight and everything like that. Uh, I'm proper stoked to have the Pixel 3 camera, basically. What is the difference? 
nothing, as far as I can tell. I know Dieter Bond did a video where he was like, I can't tell the difference in these photos, but I'm going to show them side by side. And from spec sheets and stuff, I can't see a difference. I'm sure there is a difference, but it doesn't seem like there is. The front camera is different. The front camera on the Pixel 3 has like multiple lenses and a, like that selfie lens. Um, but that this only has a single lens front camera. But as far as I can tell, the rear camera is exactly the same. So it's got night sight. It's got all the cool AI stuff, which gets me really hyped. Oh, awesome. Huh. That's going to be good fun. Yeah, I'm really hyped. We can proper like put it for its paces with, uh, we'll do like 10s and Pixel 3a comparisons of stuff at night around like at sunset in San Francisco and stuff. It should be really, really cool. That is going to be very cool. I feel like I'm going to start to, I don't, kind of don't want to see how good it is, you know? Mm, I'm really scared. <laughs> I'm really, really scared. Uh, I feel like it's going to be, I feel like Android is just still something I don't want to use. Uh, but I'm it's sure not. the hardware is going to be really fun. <laughs> Stock Android I'm more interested in, which makes this whole thing worse. Um, I'm going to put the Android Q beta on there straight away. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, right, what's the point of having a Google phone if you're not going to take advantage of that sort of thing? Exactly. Since it is beta period in the Android world at the moment anyway, and we'll have the iOS 13 beta on our, on our iPhones. Yeah, it should be really fun. I thought it would be a cool thing to play with in the summer. There were times I was having... Um, bad bad dirty thoughts about galaxy fold um but it is just a bit too much even as an even as a yeah. experiment like yeah. there are many i was weighing it up in my head and i'm like this is gonna be like probably maybe the first mainstream folding phone on the market it could be we'll see. historically worth having but at the same time it might not be and it's probably going to be uh, an iffy experience because the phone apparently is great but it might be just a bit uncomfortable knowing that it might break at any minute um, I could just about justify it but it would mean going into the same savings that is going to fund my Mac which is not an experiment that's an investment so I was like you know what I want some <laughs> Android fun I'm going to get what everyone's calling an amazing phone and uh, when I asked uh, our friend and he said yeah man do you want it man I don't want it man I'm like yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> Fair enough. That makes sense. I'm, I'm glad. Well, I mean, as cool as it would be to play around with a uh, with a fold, I feel like the um, the three A is a better better choice there, for many reasons. Do you want to go halves on the Galaxy Fold? Um, no. Still like a thousand pound each. <laughs> Still like a thousand pound each. Oh, yeah. Christ, Christ, no. that thing's expensive. Let's just get a drone. Yeah, that, bruh, eighteen hundred pounds. We could get a really nice drone. A really nice which, drone. I know and which I know, I'd rather have. I not even a question. No, I'd have the I'd have the Mavic. Like, oh, goodness. Um, we should start a drone drone cast. When that a drone cast, we could do that. Our experiences as amateur drone users. It could be fun. Could be fun. That could be fun. Yeah, we just need to actually do it though. What, the drone or the podcast? <laughs> Both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Blue Ink Fix It, man. Have you got anything to talk about? Um, I've taken a few hard drives out of some old Macs recently. Um, oh, yeah? How'd that go? It was all right. Uh, these are like uh, 2007, so black-backed boys. Oh, the old uh, aluminium mine Macs. Yeah, yeah. Um, Before the unibody. Yeah, it, it, it kind of... It's weird because obviously you, you like take the whole face off the thing 
mm-hmm. um, like the whole the whole you know the whole metal enclosure essentially and just left obviously with the with the black back plastic. Um, but I think just when I when I was in there, I was like, wow, these are real pains to work on, you know. And and obviously IMAX are like a, an actual pain. But it just it just made me think about like Mac Pros and modularity all over again. The whole time I was doing it, I was like, I like this, but at the same time, I wouldn't want to do this on like my own stuff, you know, like not nothing that like, is current, if that makes sense, because it's just so much of a pain. Oh yeah, I wouldn't want to mess with any of my own stuff like that. Did you see um the speaking of Mac Pros? Did you see the thing that leaked about them? Uh, that was quickly squished, being as a fake. No, I haven't seen this. Uh, I'll see if I can find it. Um, but yeah, um, it's been pretty much confirmed. It's entirely fake, which got me really upset. Yeah, that's a shame. It's coming on the iMessages now. Okay, I will keep it open. Ooh. So for about 20 minutes, everyone was freaking out. Hmm. It looks nice. Like, that was what I wanted, so I was very disappointed. Um, yeah. Speaking of working on old IMAX, I was talking to a, a account I follow and love called uh, on Twitter at uh, eggfreckles. Um, he's or she. I'm, I don't think they. I'm not sure if they reveal their identity, uh, but they uh, they specialize in old Apple stuff and history tidbits. And they were talking about how they love working on the IMAX G5 because it was so easy to repair. And I like replied saying how my my white plastic boy. Um, was a nightmare to get into because the bezel clips didn't want to release. And they basically replied to me saying the earlier ones before they got the eyesight cameras like mine has, they didn't Mm, have bezel clips. They literally just the whole front screwed off and they didn't have the foil, uh, foil shielding inside either. Um, That would have been incredibly easy to work on. And uh, yeah, very cool. Very cool bit of info. Was that, did did the eyesight camera with, camera come with the uh, g5 to intel transition or was that Mm, no i think there was a g5 with it i think there was a g5 with it okay (laughs) do you know i'm just reading do you know the most unrealistic thing about this mac pro leak is that it lists a uh an nvidia graphics card yeah i mean did you see that i don't know no clue who uh follow up yeah the uh eyesight was introduced in 2005 with a g5 um i have no idea who posted it but uh, someone was like, my unrealistic wish, wish, wish list for WWDC, Apple makes up with NVIDIA. Yeah, that'd be nice. I feel really redeemed by this because I always used to really want NVIDIA cards back in Max and I never was a, never heard anyone agreeing with me. And it uh, turns out lots of people agree, so I feel really happy because I'm not a freak. I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day they just make better cards. <laughs> like, they make better cards on, I think, there are smaller... Um, nanometer now chipset, right? I think they are than uh, than AMD. Yeah, I believe so. Call me opinionated, but I just don't touch AMD stuff. I've had a few bad experiences with them. Um, I wouldn't use their CPUs or GPUs in anything I build. Um, obviously, in the Mac, I wouldn't have much choice. Uh, but for my PC, I went <laughs> yeah. Intel, which at the time was pretty cool, um, and NVIDIA. Yeah, nowadays, most people use, like, Ryzen chips and stuff in their PCs because they're best value by far. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if I built a PC today, I'd probably yeah. still use an NVIDIA GPU, but I think I'd still... I, I would actually end up using an AMD uh, processor. Oh, Intel. Where art thou? Where art thou, Intel? Rip. Um, okay, uh, anything else to add to Blue and Fix It, or shall we race through some follow-up? 
I think we should do some racing. Let's do it. Um, yesterday, I, was it yesterday? Yeah. iOS 12.3 dropped uh, about a month after 12.2. 12.2 took a long time to come out. Uh, it comes with the new TV app, updated in March, and that brings with it a, a new look, and uh, sorry, unveiled in March, uh, brings the new look and Apple TV channels. Uh, in the UK, I had a look, we only get uh, like the Smithsonian Plus channel and something else, so it's I didn't even know it was going to work over here, but there are a couple of no-name channels, um, and there are other little bug fixes, I think. Uh, Mac OS 10.14.5 is out, bringing AirPlay 2, uh, <laughs> about a year after everything else got it. Uh, I honestly <laughs> totally forgot that uh, that uh, they don't have it, but they do now. And it also uh, patches the zombie load Intel chip vulnerability, uh, which has affected almost all Macs since 2011. Uh, I haven't really looked into this, but it's patched in the new version of Mojave that came out yesterday, so cool. Uh, watch OS 5.2.1, which my watch will not install because it's being a moody little whatever, um, bringing ECG support to more European countries. Uh, Audio OS, so the thing that runs on HomePod 12.3 has been released and that just supports more uh, supports if you're connecting to an enterprise network and you need to enter in further credentials, uh, you can do that. So if you're using a HomePod in like an office environment or a student dorm or something where you have like a landing page, that's what that is. And <laughs> my favorite, TV Software 7.3. 7.3, I'm so tired. <laughs> TV Software 7.3 <laughs> for Apple TV third generation has been released, bringing the TV app to the Apple TV third generation. The first time that the TV app has appeared on the old school Apple TV. Uh, previously, it was limited to the TVOS TVs. So, yay. Um, yeah, so we got a slew of updates yesterday. Um, nothing for TVOS. Is that right? I haven't got it noted, but I didn't see it anywhere. Which doesn't make sense. When did it get the, the TV app? Has it already got it? Or is it just in the works still? Can't be right. No, it doesn't. I can't be right. What? Uh... No, it did. TVOS 12.3 did release as well. Yesterday? It did, yeah. Yes, same time. Same time. Oh, cool. And it brings a new TV app to the Apple TV 4th and 5th generation. Uh, All 2019 Samsung Smart TVs and select 2018 TV models uh, received a firmware update, which uh, now allows them to access Apple TV channels, iTunes movies, and TV shows through the Apple TV app and brings support for AirPlay 2. Didn't yours get that as well, even though it's a 2018 model, or was it a 2019 model? Uh, no, it is a 2018 model, so it is one of those select few that did. Um, Yay, happy days. Right, I know. Um, I haven't played around with the TV app and that stuff yet, but I have used AirPlay, and it's weird. It's just like using an Apple TV. It's odd. Um, nice. <laughs> but yeah, and it works seamlessly. Yeah, works perfectly, you know, as you would expect. Um, yeah. Cool, and then the TV app is on everything now. It's coming to uh, it's coming to Mac later this year, and we all assumed that meant Marzipan. Uh, I can't remember if this is in the topic list, and that's why I'm just bringing it up now, because um, it seems somewhat appropriate. But we actually heard the other day that apparently the TV app won't be a Marzipan app. Um, of, the, of the iOS apps making their way to the Mac this fall, uh, podcasts will be a Marzipan app. TV and the Apple Music app will be from the ground up Mac apps, which is very strange. Um, but we shall see if that, that 
that comes true. Uh, Powerbeats Pro, they are launching in the UK, France, and Germany later this month. Uh, still just in black with more summers. Uh, so- Gee, what is wrong with me? More colors to come in the summer. <laughs> uh, uh, let's, uh, uh, yeah, we'll do this one now. Uh, we have more news about the iPhone 11. Uh, so the twenty, the, the name we're giving the 2019 iPhone could be called whatever, but at the moment we're going to call it iPhone 11. Uh, they are going to get reverse wireless charging for AirPods at least. Um, at the moment, I haven't seen anything mentioning... Uh, wireless charging for like other Qi devices like your watch or your other iPhone but they'll be able to charge the new AirPods it sounds like um, I hope it'll be able to charge other phones I have seen somewhere that it will be able to charge other smart devices I've, I think I did read that I think yesterday I hope so yesterday it would have helped me out if say my dad's iPhone XR could have charged my XS um, it is a situation you'd run into a lot um, yeah we will, we will see um all three phones, including the successor to the 10R, will uh, have this massive camera bump. They will sort of be doing this to make... I think this is to to keep the 10R looking like a current phone. So if the new, if the big new boys have, uh, have big, big camera bumps and then the 10R kept the same dual lens bump it, as the 10, it might be like, oh, that's the old stuff. So it sounds like even though it's going to keep two lenses, the LED flash will be positioned in a way that... Gives them an excuse to add a massive big black square on the back. Um, but the cameras in the 10R, yeah, uh, sorry, the 11 will definitely, as we're sure by now, have a third lens. Sounds like it will, uh, the phone will actually be about half a millimeter thicker, which in real use probably means nothing. Um, the third lens will be an ultra wide angle lens, uh, and it will apparently enable even more increased zoom over the telephoto. I guess this will all make sense when when Apple Apple put, gets get up on stage and talk about it. Uh, but yeah, this sounds sounds pretty cool. It does. I'm just kind of sad. I hope I hope they make it look nice because it doesn't look nice. I don't yet. think they will. I think it'll um, be one of those things that, like when the seven plus camera bump first emerged, we thought that that can't be the final product, and then it was, and we all sort of just got used to it. Maybe, maybe we'll see. Fingers crossed. Apple have won a lawsuit over the FaceTime eavesdropping bug from earlier this year. Uh, there was a <laughs> there was a, a lawyer claiming that a client was uh, doing a, a sworn testimony and it allowed the vulnerability allowed someone to listen in. Uh, this seems very nonsensical to me and was money grabbing from the start. This was a ridiculous claim. How can you even prove it? And how can this be? I don't know. I'm and it was. This is fast. Apple won this quickly. This thing was clearly like, yeah, whatever. Game over, done. Apple wasn't a fault here. Um, and yeah, that's that's all been put to bed now. Thought that was going to drag on for a bit, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things that obviously these kind of cases are all sort of within reasonable doubt. You know, I mean, it's all sort of on a sliding scale. And, you know, essentially, I think he was going for, he was... Um, uh, sort of going on multiple charges, um, but all of them were kind of like, you know, it, it, it's a reasonable thing that can actually happen. Um, and are, are sort of Apple overly neglectful for sort of letting it happen? And basically the answer is no. Um, so, yeah, I mean, bugs happen all the time. Um, and yeah, this is kind of a bad one at the end of the day, but, you know, it was jumped upon relatively quickly. It was a bad one. It was Apple fixed it 
how they reacted how they should um and again i don't think it's neglect like the software isn't going to be bulletproof uh it's made by people at the end of the day and if we start holding these companies liable Precisely. for like ridiculous absurd bugs no matter how bad they are like this was a very specific situation to to replicate the bug uh, I, I don't think anyone should <laughs> be faced with legal action when these kind of slip-ups happen. Uh, they just need to be fixed very, very quickly. Um, it's just people trying to make money out of everything. Uh, okay, so that's sorted. Um, another rumor. Uh, the reason this isn't follow-up, even though it's a new rumor, it sort of taught, it corresponds with something from a few months ago that sort of got shoved under the carpet, saying it was probably fake. Um, but this still being branded as a questionable rumor says that iOS 13 will drop support for 5s 6 plus and 6 and iPhone SE what do you think I I, I kind of get it I, I do I mean I feel like ever since the last couple of years there's kind of been a big cull coming if that makes sense um, seeing as 12 was like I said at the last time we had this um, this report 12 is sort of the most optimized version of pre iOS 13 it'd be a good place to leave a lot of things yeah, exactly. I think you're right there. Um, and yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me, I would say. I mean, I'm not looking forward to people coming in and being like, I bought my iPhone SE, you know, a year ago, and they've already dropped support, etc, etc. Um, but that will be inevitable. That's the problem. I think it, it's obvious that the 5S is going away. So that brings with it the Mini 2 and the Air 1, which... Haven't they already... Yeah. No, they've... That's... Okay, no, that is on there. It just wasn't in the headline. Um so the Air, Air 1 and the Mini 2, they all share the A7 with the 5S. I think it makes sense to drop the iPhone 6 because they are they were not performing well on 11 at all. They've made no, them fine no. with 12. Fine is the word there. Yep. Don't ruin them with 13, and they are five years old. And then the getting rid of the SE is the only debatable one because as the article points out, it shares the same A9 chip as the... Uh, iPhone 6s and the iPad 5 so there's no justification there you could say maybe they want to get rid of 4 inch screens but they're apparently keeping the iPod touch supported yeah it's an odd one um, because you know it, as you said you know it isn't obviously it's got the newer chip um, however if they would just want to get rid of the form factor the iPod touch is still being kept around but the iPod touch is still on sale maybe that's why um, that's all I could think is the fact that the iPod touches, you can still walk into a store and you can buy those. You know, they're not, they, I, they wouldn't want to drop support for a product that, you know, let alone the one they've sold a year ago, one that they were selling right up until they, you know, launched iOS 13 potentially. Um, so I, I could see it being more form factor led, but them almost having to keep the, the iPod touch around because obviously, you know, they're literally still selling them now. Um, that's the only thing I can make of it. Unless they are releasing a new iPod Touch. But I think more likely here, either the SE doesn't lose support, since the chip in there is more powerful than what's in the iPod Touch. Uh, but I think what could be possible is the iPod Touch keeps support in a very limited way. Like back in the old days, if a device was less powerful, they'd still get iOS updates, but they wouldn't get all the features. Now, to an extent, that happens today, but not like majorly. Like, maybe the iPod Touch will just get security updates and things like that. I don't know. But I, I can see this being true, to be honest. And we're quite close to the launch, so we shall see. Oh, my God. It's it's so close to iOS 13. I, that's the one that really comes around it's fast. It's weird. Every year. It does. 
It, because I think, like, obviously you've got the betas that obviously launched in that year, but... No, but not even not even that. It's WWDC. I sit at, on the sofa watching it every year and think, ah, huh, here we are again. Every year I think, here we are again. That was fast. But at the iPhone keynote, it always feels like it's been a while since there was an iPhone keynote. But WWDC, every year I'm like, huh, here we are. Yeah, I mean, I remember watching it last year. Um... And I totally get you. I'm trying to think, where did I watch? It must have been here. Mm, it was. You watched it late. Because uh, I, I, I would have said it was at Holly's, but she didn't live there yet. So it can't no, have it been. was. It was. It, you watched it. You were working. I remember because I remember messaging you, being like, "I'm always f-ing working." <laughs> I remember messaging you, being like, "One minor spoiler." Um, oh, I remember the yeah. iPad thing in the status bar's gone now. Yes, I remember that. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, every keynote. I swear, I am in every keynote. I know why. It's because you book them off. I always book them off as soon as the invites go out, or if I'm working, I straight away try and. Won't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah, I just say I don't want to turn up. (laughs) While I'm while you're slaving away at work making monies, I'm going to be here setting up our business. Um, So it's like a it's like a two sided thing. And then when when I've nurtured it into health, you can quit as well and join me in the freelance life. Oh my god, I I long for that day. Yeah, man. I'm going to work hard while you're working hard to make sure you have to stop working hard so you can work hard with me. Oh, baby. <laughs> Couple girls, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, anyway, um, yeah, but no, I know what you mean. It's the betas. It's the betas because the the betas yeah. go so quickly, I find. And then it's out. And then you're, then you're just focused on the new iPhone. Um, then it's Christmas, yeah. and then spring's always the longest part, but then it's basically time for WWDC again. The ramp up to WWDC is so long. Like, that's the thing, I think, as well, is that it's so long you forget it's happening, and then it just sort of arrives, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, my goodness, it's so soon. Okay, um, nanotopics. <laughs> so, one of these is just to get something off my chest, um, and one of these is going to... Is going to be because this is might be the last chance we have to talk about it, and it's been in the topic list since the October 2018 keynote. This is a good point, actually. I, I wondered why this was in here, and now it makes sense. Yeah, because after WWDC, this might all change. Um, so let's do some nano topics. Let's do it. So FCC labels, which we don't do, we even call them FCC labels in the UK. They're just regulatory labels on the back of iPhones. I think yeah, just cover all term regulatory labels. That's what I always call them anyway. iPhones used to have a load of writing on the back, uh, and then it gradually got less and less until around the time of iPhone Seven, I think, it went down to just saying iPhone on the back. Except if you live outside of the United States, um, I think. There are other countries that have this, but I know, def- we all know definitely for sure in the United States, if you buy an iPhone, unless it's a product red one, all it says on the back is iPhone. And uh, it's apparently a thing that's quite well known amongst anyone who's vaguely interested in iPhones or tech in the States uh, that, oh, if it's got a label, it's not a genuine iPhone. <laughs> like In our job, we also look in this area for indicators of the device being fake, like those etchings not being correct, or something up with the device, maybe. Yeah, but that's the th- 
thing. It, it's not that there aren't ones there. It's that the ones that are there are badly, badly printed, badly etched. It's not the fact that whether they are or not there, if that makes sense, because that does differ by region. Yeah, it, it varies by region as well. So there are labels on the back of, say, Chinese iPhones as well, and they're completely different to anything you would see in the UK or Europe. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because every day, without fail, I'm not joking, every day, on one of my YouTube videos, you can check out my channel, I Collect Apple. Uh, there's a link to it on the website, or just search for I Collect Apple. I do lots of iPhone unboxings. That's the name of his channel, not just a personal statement. Yep, that's it. I, I'm, I'm really tempted to sort of align it and rename it to Blue & Co., but we'll, we'll sort that out another time. Um, I get comments saying, these iPhones are fake. There's meant to be no writing. This guy's got fake iPhones. Now, this used to bother me. It doesn't anymore. I find it more amusing now. In fact, the other day I got a very reasonable comment. I got someone saying, hmm, stranger iPhone XRs have labels on the back. Mine doesn't. But maybe that's just because it's bought in the United States. And yes, that's correct. My dad purchased an iPhone XR in the United States last month. It has no labels on the back. My iPhone XS, your iPhone XS, they both have lots of labels on the back and they're definitely not fake. I just find it so interesting that this is something that everyone seems to know. Yet as soon as you step outside of the States... It is entirely normal to have labels on the back of your iPhone. It's it's really odd. I mean, I feel like this is sort of a really good analogy for just the mindset of the US in general. Yeah, you could say that. But how often do we see US iPhones? And every time we do see one, Not it looks very weird often. and we point it out, right? Because it looks cool. Yeah, but it also looks so nice. <laughs> it looks lovely saying just iPhone on the back. I wish ours did. I think... As far as I'm aware, newer, newer devices from Hong Kong also have no regulatory labels as I well. I think it's entirely an EU thing where they still have to be printed on the device. I know the reason they don't do it in the States is it's it's now just acceptable for them to be on the enclosure in some place. And that can even include inside the SIM tray or just in the software on the device. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm going to make a video about it when, I, when I'm around and available. Feeling brave enough to tackle the comments. And I've got a US phone in the house now, so I can make two straight-up comparisons. Um, but yeah, it's 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 just one of those things. It's always it makes me laugh on a daily basis. Now I sometimes reply to them still with the same response, being like this weird, like not even passive-aggressive, just this sort of like, "Hey, nah, guess what? Outside of America, this is not the case. Have a nice day." Because some of the comments are straight up almost <laughs> rude. They're like, "This guy has fake iPhones." They are. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out, people. I'm just like, okay. Yeah, I mean, you show them to me sometimes, and it is. It's just like the cheek of these people, the internet. Oh, my God, the internet, the, an the anonymity it provides is, is, is a scourge. And one time, quite recently, someone was like, nah, not on the 8+, Plus. go watch other YouTubers' videos. I'm like, even after I said in the UK we have them, and they're like, nah, not on the 8+, Plus. I'm like, oh, sorry, <laughs> my bad, we don't have them in the... <laughs> What? <laughs> on the 8 Plus? <laughs> no, I actually just edit, edited these in post. Yeah, my bad. Uh, none of the iPhones on my channel are fake. Um, and I don't, own, I don't own almost any of them either. Well, quite a few of them I do. But some of them I don't. Um, that's how we get hold of like loads of 10Rs at once and stuff. I don't buy all those. What do you mean? Yeah, you do. Shh, sooner or later. Okay, next nano topic. <laughs> are you feeling brave, Lex? That was my moment of bravery. That's... Uh, <laughs> Let's do this one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, let's, 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 let's dive in. I'll, I'll, I'll let you start. I'll just sort of amp myself up for it. 
So the title of the nano topic is why is the Mac notebook lineup still trashy? So I'm glad we kind of left it long because we might not get too into it. If we'd done this back in September, October, we might have been angrier and talked about it for hours and we don't have time for that right now. But back in the end of, oh, from like 2016 onwards, the Mac lineup, Mac notebook lineup was a mess. You had the non-touch one MacBook Pro, which was a year out of date. You had the 2018 MacBook Pros. You had the old MacBook Air with, a retina, with no retina display. You had the 12-inch MacBook being more expensive than that, but also smaller, which confuses everyone, and less powerful. The price points are all over the place. For a time, you even had 2015 MacBook Pros on sale. And people are saying, like, you either pay ridiculous amounts of money for a Touch Bar MacBook Pro, or you pay 949 or whatever it is for a, a base MacBook Air, um, the old school one, and get a really old, bad computer. The, the notebook lineup was a mess. And we all said, don't worry, everyone. New MacBook Air, which we didn't know would be a MacBook Air at the time, is coming in October, and it's going to fix everything. The non-touch bar is surely going to go away because that was designed for MacBook Air customers. The old non-Retina MacBook Air is surely going to go away because it'll be replaced by this new <laughs> Retina notebook. And uh, don't worry, guys, they'll probably get rid of the 12-inch MacBook while they're at it, or even just uh, just drop the price to make more sense, or you know, maybe it will get a it will get an update. Then after this keynote, after we saw this new MacBook Air, admittedly a little more expensive at eleven nine nine that we'd ho- than we'd hoped for, we thought, hmm, brilliant, all sorted. Then we uh, did our little clicks, went onto the uh, or taps, clicks or taps, went onto the Apple Store, did your post keynote dig as we always do to see what we might have missed when the store comes back up, and uh, <laughs> not. <laughs> All the laptops were still there. <laughs> and then we quickly realized with the introduction of this new MacBook Air and the fact they hadn't removed any old MacBooks, the lineup became more confusing. Uh, I, I, <sighs> I, this is bringing up some like deep-seated anger inside of me that I haven't really let surface for quite a while, you know? Now, the iPad lineup is even tidier than ever, while still having, like, five models on sale. Everything's current, everything has its place, everything has its price point. The MacBook lineup, just just why, Apple? Cut the margin on the 13-inch 2018 MacBook Air. Sell that thing for under £1,000. Get rid of that non-retina disaster. Get rid of that fake MacBook Pro, because there are still customers buying it, thinking they have a MacBook Pro when it's basically just a 2017 MacBook Air. And then... Make that 12-inch MacBook better or get rid of it. I, I'm a fan of I think keep it. I, I honestly say keep it for people who need it. Drop the storage. Have it start at 128. Have it l- cheaper than the MacBook Air even, maybe. Or the same price. Like, just, just make more sense. At the moment, it's a disaster. Like, obviously, the ideal thing would be MacBook, MacBook Air, MacBook Pro. And while you're at it, drop the price of the touch bar models by about three three hundred pounds. So they sort of start about fourteen, if not lower. But yeah. Why? And the question is why is it still like this? Why? And will this change at WWDC? I'm not convinced it is gonna change. I feel like they've sort of It's not. It's they're gonna introduce the, the new design MacBook Pro possibly. I wouldn't be surprised if it does have a preview at WWDC. Um, seeing as yeah. developers use these things, MacBook Pros. Um, but I think it will just be shoehorned in there alongside even the 2018 models. So it'll be even messier. Yeah. I, for some reason, I feel like 
they've passed the, the, the point to save it was, was last October. Yeah. Now they've just kind of got to salvage the mess and maybe eventually it will just happen to sort itself out. But I feel like Apple sorting it, sorting it out, if that makes sense, isn't going to happen. The only thing now which is going to make this better is time and getting rid of old stuff, if that makes sense. It just doesn't really make any sense, the whole lineup. Um, you add in the MacBook Air, which I quite like as a device. The price point, yeah, whatever. Cheaper would be good, um, definitely. Uh, the MacBook, again, I I, th- I think you're right. Drop the storage to 128, you know, 128. Um, sell it, you know, I'd be fine with it being sold at the same price as, as, as the MacBook Air. Um, but as I drop the price um, and then hopefully keep it around for maybe ARM if that happens at some point in the future. Um, MacBook Pros, yeah, get rid of the non-touch bar. What is that thing? That is the stupidest laptop in that lineup. The other day when someone was straight up ignoring my advice and were like, nah, this is better because it says uh, 2.3 gigahertz instead of 1. I'm like, no, <laughs> stop it. Please listen. People people stuck deciding between the, the, the non-touch bar MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air just like make me cringe inside. Ooh, and they you know. all want oh, the pro. It's, 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 <laughs> it's the beauty of branding. Of no. This is stop it. <laughs> Touch ID T2 newer chips. Oh. This is what I was saying last episode and when like over the last 5 years everyone everyone has just had the pro and felt like they needed the pro, but they don't. They really don't. And that's not even a pro. Like, it's not even a pro. You open it up and it looks completely different. It's got, like, one fan instead of two. It's a totally different device. Entirely different. The whole touch bar generation Uh. of MacBook Pro was weird, but that was the weirdest part when they made a cheaper model and were like, yeah, MacBook Air customers, buy this. Um, Oh, hang on, Phil. Why why not just make a new MacBook Air? Like, why did you do this? We think this will be really appealing to our MacBook Air customers looking to upgrade. But, 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 but just make a MacBook Air. And then two years later, they did, but kept that machine around. Why does it exist? Oh, it doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. I'm, that was the biggest surprise of that whole keynote, was the fact that they didn't drop support for... That they didn't um, discontinue both the 2017 MacBook Air and that... Um, that non-touch bar. It was it was asking for it when it for the first year since its announcement, it didn't get updated last year. So why? What? That oh my yeah, that as well. What is if you what? buy oh. that now, it's a two-year-old Mac, but people will still buy it over the 2018 MacBook Air because it says Pro on it. Well, <laughs> I have news for you. <laughs> You're making a mistake. All I can assume is that this was a business decision. A, a business decision. And clearly, either the margins are higher because it's more expensive and there's less tech in there, so the margins must be higher than the MacBook Air and people are still buying them. Honestly, Lex, this is entirely money-motivated. There is no other way around it. Steve, I, yeah. I hate saying it, but Steve would not have done this. Simple as. The touch bar would be on everything if because he would have believed in it. Uh, the T2 would be in any... <laughs> yeah, about five that, years yeah. ago, hard drives would be gone from Apple's lineup. Uh, rest and displays would have been gone pff, <laughs> uh, ages ago. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's yeah. I the answer is money. That's why the Mac lineup is so trashy. But then they've worked so hard to improve the iPad lineup and keep it evolving. The iPhone lineup even got more streamlined when they got rid of the SE and the success and stuff. Um, it's weird, isn't it? How the Mac desktop lineup is lovely. About to get even lovelier, provided they don't 
keep the Mac iMac Pro hanging around as a 2017 model for like 70 years. Yeah, it just needs an internal spec bump. That's pretty much all it needs, to be honest. You know, if I mean, they've reworked the thermals a little bit, obviously in these new uh, these new 2019 iMacs, and I'm sure that the thermal limit for the iMac Pro, which is supposedly I'd imagine it's really quite high. You know, I, I don't imagine that they're massively limited. I have there. a very clear idea in my head of what's about to happen to the iMac, and I reckon they won't update the iMac Pro until they announce Mac Pro. And I think some of the processor options from Mac Pro will make their way into a 2019 iMac Pro, but it will still look the same. I would assume. And so. then this display will come out, be all fancy for about a year, and then when they get around to doing the 2020 iMacs, there'll be a cross between the internals of iMac Pro and the externals of this display, and then iMac Pro will follow that with a 2020 update as well. Um, I think we've got one more iMac Pro with the old design, but no more iMacs with the old design, if that makes sense. They're all going to move over to this display. I think I think that makes sense. Um, having said that, Apple aren't particularly shy about letting professional Macs linger, so it wouldn't surprise me if they don't do that with the iMac Pro and just let it die until they do bring out, obviously, the... Uh, the redesign, which I'm sure is is, is inevitable in the next couple uh, of years. I'd say I'd be very surprised if by the end of 2020 we don't have an, a redesigned iMac. Like I'd imagine, I think. Yeah, I would say it's relatively safe. I could see it being towards the back end of 2020, but I I I'll put it this way: I wouldn't put money on there being one this time next year. Um, but I think by this time in two years, for sure. Yeah, I would say that's fair. Anyway, we'll give you an update if uh, on our thoughts post-WWDC. The only thing that's really going to change in the Matt Notebook realm is maybe they'll do spec bumps for the existing machines. I mean, the MacBook Pro is coming up for an update. Others haven't been updated in nearly two years now. Uh, but obviously, if this famous new MacBook Pro pops its head up, which I don't think it will, I think we're a bit far off, unless they've kept something very secret. I think... I think- yeah, I, I, we haven't seen much. But having said that, we haven't seen anything about a Mac Pro really either. It won't. We won't see anything if it's not in production. This is the thing. They could unveil MacBook Pro and have it launch later in the year, and we won't have seen anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you remember that's apparently, from what I've heard, apparently why they unveiled Mac Pro in 2013 at WWDC? It was never. It was never going to ship to tw- until the end of the year, um, but. It was they were gearing up for production. They really didn't want it to leak. They wanted it to be kind of magical. It's kind of sad how people were frustrated with the Mac Pro pack then, and this was meant to be the comeback, and that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this one does. Let's do some topics. Quite a lot of them revolve around uh, actually quite nice topics, aren't they? They are good news for once. Good news. Ooh, good, good news, everyone. There's a new Dacia Sandero. <laughs> okay, so this this first thing is from a few weeks ago. Uh, we've sort of kept it here for a bit. I had all the tabs open last week. Um, <laughs> but then when we I cut this one from last week when we were running out of time. So now I'm just opening all the tabs again. Uh, basically, uh, Guy Rambo over at 9to5Mac, who is, is, is a god, um, effectively, he did what Apple did in March and did a week of announcements, basically. Well, Apple did three days, but he won up them and did like five days. Um, he <laughs> uncovered a lot of stuff. He takes apart all sorts of OSs and hunts stuff down. It sounds like nowadays he has a source inside Apple, um, to be honest. Uh, but he 
he gave a lot of info on uh, on WWDC, and the next topic we'll cover is Bloomberg's Mark Gurman's take on uh, WWDC. But we'll we'll start with Guy Rambo. Um, we have a few things. Do you want to take one, and then I'll take one, or how should we do it? Yeah, I feel like that probably makes sense. Which one do you want to do? You don't have to do them in order, but pick one, and uh, I'll pick one. If you want to do them in order, that's fine. Up to you. Whatever you feel most first in. Well, I mean. Yeah, I'll actually start with the first one because I feel like it's the one that I'm kind of potentially most interested in. So, next major macOS, obviously going to bring some changes. Everything's going to be marzipanified, apart from Apple TV, potentially, or the TV app. Um, It seems like it's finally here. The time is upon us. iTunes, the the fall of iTunes is here. Um, It seems like, which makes sense, of course, um, there will be a music podcasts this also does list apple tv and a a books app as well Um, and these are all going to be separate applications um, not all bundled in together as as they are in itunes at the moment Ah, people have wanted this for so long and i'm just a bit worried Uh, atp covered this and i feel like they did a much better job than we than we could but i feel like sort of their thoughts on it really well encapsulated what i'm sort of concerned about is that these are going to be feature light you know like this, this could. Well, I mean, we don't know yet. That's the thing. We just don't know. But I am very concerned that this music app is simply going to be, you know, music on an iPad but scaled up on a twenty-seven inch screen. How is that going to work? How's it going to look? It's kind of concerning. I mean, obviously, iTunes isn't exactly the a haven of good UI design and things like that. But at least it has functionality. Uh, you know, Apple Music and, and the Music app, obviously, on the iPad is bad enough with space utilization. It's pretty poor. You know, if you double the screen size, what happens then? Um, and, and that kind of thing, obviously, you know, is, is a trend going throughout all of them. Um, and I'm just, yeah, I'm just, I'm quietly concerned that this might be sort of, we, we might miss iTunes. We might miss what we've had and what we hate. Um, not in the sense that obviously they're all bundled together because iTunes is messy and they're cramming functionality of loads of different apps into one, which doesn't really work very well, but at least it has function, you know? Um, And I'm just concerned that this, these aren't going to go brilliantly. What do you think? Uh, I totally agree. Um, I think, like I said earlier, it depends really whether it's marzipanified or not. Um, But I suspect this will be like photos all over again, um, which is, it's always yeah. been it's been built on what's it called UX Kit or something, which is basically a, a sort of one-off precursor to Marzipan, uh, which is kind of weird. The Photos app has been like this since 2014. Um, it's weird in retrospect. Really weird in retrospect. Uh, it was almost like a low-key experiment. However, this could be feasible. The only one that concerns me is iTunes because of the music app. Mainly, yeah. As you say, as everyone's saying, it'll be like QuickTime 7. iTunes will stick around in the utilities folder. I'd prefer if they brought out a new thing, like a like a, a replacement to iTunes that sits away in the utilities folder and then Apple Music for the masses, which is probably ultimately the right thing to do, have a simpler Apple Music That's app. That's my best case scenario. But it's not going to happen. But it's not happening. iTunes will just stick no. around. I'm wondering if iTunes will get a new logo on the Mac. Probably. Um, I don't know what it will get, but it it can't have the same as the Apple Music icon. That would just be weird. <laughs> no. um, but yeah, I, I like to organize my library, or I did until iCloud Music Library decides even stuff I've ripped in from CDs to just mess with the metadata regularly. Does that? Um, 
and I'm like, great, cool, okay, apparently if I subscribe to iTunes Mac, Match, it will stop that. But then I seem to remember iTunes Match is now included in Apple Music or something. Yeah, I don't... It yeah, is, I don't yeah. care as much as I used to care. It's still broken, by the way. That never fixed that. Um, my metadata gets messed with. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there is no two ways about this. It will be less featureful than the current offerings. Going forward, it could be good. If they do a final cut and then over time improve it based on what people are really missing, great. If they just cut everything out and then never touch it again and be like, job done, I'll be like, mm, I don't know. I don't tend to do this stuff on my Mac anymore. I and mean, no one does, really. People who do this, like, media consumption is something I very much do on iOS and tvOS now. On my Mac, I'm creating things. I'm, I'm doing professional things. So a Mac is going to have a place in my life for a very long time going forward. But I am, like I was saying, I really don't want to take my MacBook away with me. But at least at WWDC, I'm going to have to. On this trip I'm doing this week, I'm, I'm avoiding it at all costs. Like I said, I'm going to edit this podcast tonight just so I can only take my iPad. I am set on the future of desktop Mac at home where I do my professional work. And bits of work, but portable and consuming stuff is on an iPad. And these are all apps I do on iOS. Um, so I'm not too bothered. But some people have a MacBook over an iPad. And it's I think ultimately it's the right decision. But for people, it's gonna ups- for people like us, it's gonna upset us. Luckily, I feel like I'm not gonna get burned quite so heavily by this, but I will feel it. But I think ultimately, going forward, this is the right decision to make the Mac as consumer as possible, so long as people still have the option as of being professional in the old school ways. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's the thing, though. I just don't think. I feel like the major issue with this is sort of how indicative, how indicative it is of like the whole approach that Apple seem to be having to pretty much everything at the moment. Um, you know that yes, obviously you're right. You know things should be accessible to obviously to everyone, and that's sort of been the the, the key point of iOS and iPads and things over the years, and why they are so popular is they are so intuitive and they are so accessible. Now, obviously, they are moving in to be more, um, obviously, like uh, professional devices, obviously, with the new iPad Pros, things like that. They're really sort of pushing into realms that they haven't, they're really in, you know, sort of infringing on Mac OS's space. And it doesn't, what seems to be happening is that Mac OS is sort of going the wrong direction, something like this. You know, they're, they're almost taking away function from a device that these days almost purely serves, exists for function, if that makes sense. Like, as you said, you don't do media consumption on your Mac. I get that. But they're then providing applications which are, all they do is media consumption. Like they're not gonna be, this this music app is probably not gonna be that great for even if it will even, you know, you, so, um, you know sort of rip CDs and import stuff. Will it even be able to do that? Um, we don't know. I would like to think so, but it very well might not be. Um, and so they're almost taking away sort of core functions from a device which solely exists for function these days, you know. Um, obviously, you know, there are outliers and fringe cases for all, all, all these things, and obviously there are people which, as you said, you know, do use their MacBook as, you know, um, a, a, as more of an iPad-type device, and it's their, you know, leisure, you know, like when back when, you know, we were in sixth form and boarding and stuff, you know, my Mac was my my, my, my media consumption device as well. It just isn't anymore in, in the same sense whatsoever. 
It was your uh, your one and only MVP, right? It was indeed. Yeah, you know, no iPad um, at the time when I first got it. Didn't even have an iPhone, um, so it was it truly was my whole media consumption. That's not really. I mean, especially for me and you, that's that you're you're right. They're not that anymore. Um, but then to the new apps that are coming to it, obviously, you know, as you as you said, you know, over time, hopefully they will work on it and maybe they will add features that people are missing but I feel like that is these apps are going to live and die on sort of the support that Apple is willing to give them come going forward and I'm just scared that they are going to give them no support going forward and I'll just get left and then they just and and, and it will die um but yeah we'll see I'm concerned so I'm going to take the next one I'm going to talk about iOS 13 because uh, I love I love iOS <laughs> um so this year, finally, dark mode is coming to iOS. This is something I will use during the beta period because look at me, I have the new iOS uh, and then I will stop using it just like in Mojave. It was always really <laughs> weird when Mojave, uh, when Mojave got the dark mode last don't. year that everyone wanted it in iOS. And I think it was just like, I think that was Apple being like, hmm, how easily can we do this? Uh, and I think... I think that was literally what it was. Um, and now it's coming to iOS 13. I think it's pretty much certain at this point. Of course, Apple could pull anything at the last minute. But this is, this. Is, I think this is pretty much a lock-in. If an iPad app has been marzipanified, it'll be able to take advantage of dark mode on both macOS and iOS. Uh, the iPad is getting quite a big update in iOS 13, a bit like it did in 9 and then iOS 11 as well. Uh as we heard, this was meant to be due last year, but it's come this year. Apps will be able to have multiple instances running of the same app in different windows that will sort of like slide around and do all sorts of fun stuff. And they'll be able to stack on each other. Uh, there was an open source project called PanelKit that did this. Uh, I've been following this developer for ages. I remember when he did OpenTerm, um, which was like a terminal on the iPad, which was literally a clone of macOS terminal, but it was really, really cool. I since listening to other podcasts talking about this I've heard that he actually works at Apple and I've checked his Twitter bio and yeah he's an ex-code engineer at Apple he, they, they hired him because the stuff he was making was far too cool not to be hired by Apple so I'm assuming his yeah. his panel kit is going to basically be how this ends up which is a pretty cool achievement um, but yeah it sounds like that's happening I, it, iPad multitasking is getting changed up again basically uh, whether it would be a drastic overhaul uh, like last time or it would just be an evolution in the iOS 11 system we will see it kind of depends whether Apple thinks there's more to do with that or whether they think hmm nah we got this wrong personally I don't think they got it wrong I think it's just not discoverable enough but at the same time I always find when doing multitasking on the iPad I think hmm can I just drag this here or drag these apps here and I think oh look I can I wish I knew that that's the thing I feel like I, I I go through exactly the same process, and you never you're never quite sure if something's going to work. And to be honest, the answer is normally yes. That's the thing; it normally works, and it sort of exceeds my expectations every time. But it shouldn't. Like this is a professional device. I don't want my I don't want it to. I do want it to exceed my expectations, but it only exceeds them because they're so low. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's true. That's the iPad. <laughs> It exceeds yeah. my expectations at every point, but only because as a professional device, they are kind of so low. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, it sounds like the iPad home screen will get changed up a little bit. Um, yeah, don't know why. I really can't figure out how this is 
going to happen. I think it's just something's going to change. We've spoken about it before. Did you see that concept I sent you of an iOS 13 lock screen on Instagram? Yes, it looked very cool. I was, I'd was, yeah. i kill for that. I'll see if I can get a link and put it in the show notes. Um, there'll be a new undo gesture rather than the system-wide shake to undo, which has been there since like day one. Uh, I'm not sure what this will look like, but we'll see. It sounds like it's going to be like a... Again, speaking of uh, accessible features that everyone knows about. The shake to undo that's been there since day one. Did you know that was actually, when they were developing the iPhone, they um, they wanted an undo, undo gesture, and the Newton always had one permanently on the screen, a button for undo. And they obviously didn't want a fixed keyboard of any kind on the iPhone, and it was a big internal challenge as to where can we put this gesture, and someone came up with shaking it. And they're like, yeah, that was it. Again, you should read Creative Selection by Ken Kashenda because it's really, really cool. That's how I found that out. That'll do. And here we are in 2019 with that still doing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. The iPad will automatically ask for desktop websites when necessary, um, which is great. Uh, font management is getting an update. So at the moment, if you want to add more fonts to your iPad so you can use them in apps like Pages, things like that, you have to install a whole profile per font. Uh, No thanks. So apparently (laughs) there's going to be a proper way in the settings app to install fonts like there is on Mac with a font book. Uh, Mail app will get smarter um, and moved around. Uh, The Reminders app is getting completely overhauled, apparently. I'm really excited to see that because it hasn't been touched since iOS 7 at all. In the slightest. The new, the volume heads-up display will finally be less intrusive. Um, but uh, we will we will see. Um, but yeah, that's that's a few t- <laughs> a few tidbits of iOS 13. No mention of external storage support on iPad Pro. Uh, let's just uh, hold our breath and hope that that pops up. Uh, but yeah, that's iOS 13. Want to wanna take another one? Which one do you want to take? Well, I'd, we might as well go through them in order at this point. Um Tell you what, you handle iOS and okay. I'll handle macOS. Yeah? Go for it. So you go for cool. Sidecar. Um, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is both of them anyway. Um, this is... There's a, there's a few kind of products that do things that are kind of similar. However, what this is in a nutshell is kind of being able to turn your iPad into a secondary display for your for your Mac. Now, there is kind of um, support for this offered by third-party products, uh, Luna Display being probably the the best one. Um, there's got Duet and there's a few others as well, but Luna Display is sort of giving the, the best sort of overall experience for this. Let's use the Apple Pencil and Smart Keyboard, all that stuff. It's very, very cool. Um, now, supposedly, there is a uh, a new feature for macOS 10.15, um, which you did have a name suggestion for, didn't you? What was that? I don't remember. <laughs> uh, Sequoia. Oh, yeah. That's it. Sequoia. Sequoia. I don't know why, but that's my gut instinct. They'll be called Sequoia. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and this year... Uh, uh, with that, there's a uh, sort of a product they're working on, codenamed product Sidecar. Now, what this essentially does is that it allows your Mac to see um, this, your your iPad, your iPad as a secondary display. Now, it doesn't seem to sort of quite nail all the features that Loom Display does. Obviously, this is all just leaks and stuff at the moment. Um, and it's kind of, we don't know how much obviously you're going to be able to interact with the stuff on the display, whether it would purely be a separate display and you'd sort of be able to just, you know, drag your mouse over, um, whether it would offer Apple Pencil support as well. Um, it's kind of interesting. I think this is more kind of just 
to me, this doesn't really seem like a way, obviously, to get macOS on an iPad, which essentially is what Loon Display is. You can plug that little uh, the the USB dongle thing they give you, USB C, into the back of a into the back of a Mac. Um, they do do a th- is it a DisplayPort one, I think, as well for older Macs. Um, drag that across, and you essentially have macOS on an iPad. It essentially acts as a whole portal, and you can do pretty much everything you want to. Now, this doesn't seem to do that. As I said, it seems more like a secondary display, as you would sort of hook up an external monitor, something like that. And it seems like it would imagine, I would imagine, sort of if you go into, you know, mission control or something like that, you would also be able to see the iPad display, something like that. The only thing that sort of strikes me with this is it kind of, like, it, d- does this not sort of, like... Um, demean the iPad Pro, just turns it into sort of a secondary display, which, you know, all the wonderful sort of um, the hardware and the software and the iOS you're getting with it has just been reduced to a secondary display. It just seems kind of odd to me. Um, the only thing that obviously this, I would imagine this would sort of be their, their culmination of their the, the continuity stuff they're working on, you know, with the universal clipboard, that kind of stuff. And it was, it was, I would imagine I would, it's going to depend on how they sort of propose it, how they actually, actually implement it. But from what we see at the moment, it all kind of seems a bit sort of uh, demeaning for the iPad Pro. I think it is going to be treated um, a, a bit of like the whole miles of pattern ID idea that these things can really work together. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think this will be promoted really low key as just an additional feature in continuity. I think, um, yes, if this was a headline feature, totally like, like why? Why would you turn the iPad Pro into this? Um, but no, I think this would just be like, oh, now when I'm working on this app, if I quickly want to use my Apple Pencil on it, because it's built with Marzipan, I can just press this button here, throw it over to my iPad, mark it up with my Apple Pencil, and send it right back, or something like that. I don't think it will be like a headline feature. So I, th- I think you're, you're spot on. That's what I was trying to say. Is, is exactly depends on how they present it. But and I think the reason it's getting a lot of coverage at the moment is because Lunar Display has been so prominent recently. And I think this is kind of like, oh, Apple are about to Sherlock Lunar Display. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, no, really cool. I'm really intrigued. I I bet my Mac won't be able to do it. You, I, I doubt it. Um, I think I think that's the thing as well. You know, Lunar Display sort of seems like a much more a much more sort of final solution that all it does is essentially put Mac OS on on your iPad. Um, you know, I mean, uh, uh, Federico uh, Vitici, he just has a Mac Mini with that plugged in, and he can just sort of bring it up whenever he wants to, and he essentially has a, a mobile Mac in the home. And it works off Wi-Fi. It's all very clever, and it, works, it seems to work pretty well. Um, I must admit, it's something I'm kind of intrigued to try out, um, but I'm never sort of in the same place as a, a as my as my iMac um, that I want. That I need to be able to use Mac OS, if that makes sense. But it, it, it is kind of cool. Um, and this seems much more of like a perfunctory thing. I've had many occasions where I've considered buying one because I like the idea of just accessing my Mac from my iPad like that. I just don't believe that it is as good as people say. I feel like if I was... It's a lot of money, even with all the podcast discounts. Um, and obviously, right now I'd have to buy the Thunderbolt 2 version. And they've said that the Thunderbolt 2 version doesn't work in a USB-C adapter. So when I get my next Mac, it will, I'd have to buy it again if I got used to using it. I'm very on the fence about it. I've considered it, uh, but I really just can't believe that it's quite as perfect as it says. I used Duet a few years ago. That was all right. 
was over a cable. Um, I'm sure Luna is really, really, really good, and I might give it a go when I finally get my new Mac. Uh, but at the moment, no. Yeah, I really want to, um, but it's right. It's just something I saw, kind of can't justify. Um, but it does look really cool, and it was something I'd love to try out. Speaking of things my Mac won't be able to do, uh, the Apple Watch authentication uh, will be expanding beyond unlocking your Mac in Mac OS 10.15. Yay! So my Mac can't do this. Uh, as it currently stands, I cannot unlock my Mac with my Apple Watch uh, because it has to be 2013 or newer. Uh, my MacBook Pro can do it, so I know this works so well, uh, but the actual Mac I use no, can't do this. Um, but yeah, it sounds like uh, currently you can authenticate on the Mac. So you can unlock it from sleep with your Apple Watch. You can authorize Apple Pay and payments with it. Again, I apparently I've been told um, that you can do that. Uh, but now you'll be able to, when the Mac pops up for password prompts outs in other areas of the OS, a bit like when you use Touch ID on a Touch ID Mac, uh, you'll just be able to authenticate with your watch. Uh, that is that on that. That isn't a very deep one. It's a cool, obvious feature. Uh, that I can't wait to buy a £8,000 Mac so I'll be able, I'll be able to do this. Um, but yeah, we will. <laughs> All right, Lex, you back up. Go for your next one. That was easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this one's kind of kind of interesting. Um, and it all sort of stems again from marzipanifying everything and sort of bringing the two OSs closer together. Um, reportedly, uh, 10.15 will be getting Siri shortcuts, screen time, um, and some other things as well. The main two being Siri shortcuts and screen time. I'm kind of intrigued by this. Uh, I feel like shortcuts is something I keep meaning to do something with, but I haven't done yet. Um, I keep thinking up things I could use it for, um, and then sort of working them out of my head and being like, no, that just wouldn't be it wouldn't be useful. Um, I, I'm yet to sort of find one, find, find a use for one. I'm sure there is, but I just, I, 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 something I want to do, haven't done yet. Um, but I feel like coming to the Mac, that will that will be good. Uh, obviously, you've got automation stuff like here on here already, but this, you know, uh, shortcuts is just so much more accessible. I think for most people, um, and obviously, I don't imagine they're going to get rid of Automator immediately. Um, I'm sure that a lot of your automations will still work in the meantime. Um, and again, it, but it does sort of beg the same question: Will Screen Time have? Sorry, Screen Time. Um, will all shortcuts on the Mac have the same sort of level of access that Automator does? Um, and sort of, will they add more functionality? The best case scenario here is that obviously Shortcuts does sort of inherit all the things that Automator can do, and then that sort of brings it over to iOS in, in, in some form or another. Um, obviously, you know, some of the system stuff that you can do with Automator, it just sort of just doesn't work with iOS, it's just completely different. Um, but it would be cool to see Shortcuts get more powerful on, uh, on, on the iPhone and stuff. And screen time as well, which again is cool. I mean, screen time. I like looking at my my my, my weekly use. Uh, sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it's not. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's nice that that's coming to the Mac. Kind of more of a token feature, but you might as well. Why not? Um, yeah. What do you think? I think it's a no-brainer. I just think it'll be on there. Uh, I think the shortcuts app will come to the Mac. I think the reason it's sort of questionable is because on iOS, it doesn't ship with it. It's an app from the App Store. They could keep this very low-key, and then it just pops up on the Mac App Store as a Marzipan app because um, it's probably yeah. not in the system build that Rambo's source has clearly has access to. Uh, he doesn't know because it's not on the App Store yet. I, I'm sh I, I'd be shocked if it doesn't come onto the Mac. Um, maybe, <laughs> worst-case scenario, not this year, next year, but I know I'm pretty sure it'll be there in September alongside the Mac. 
Uh, screen time, yeah, it's obvious. Again, I hope it syncs up perfectly. Uh, I love it. I love being able to see how just how many notifications I get and things like that. Uh, but yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. It's again, another unsurprising one. Um, it sounds like this year, both iOS and macOS are getting a ton of new things. And uh, so are developers. So I will finish this off by going through what developers are getting. Um, new access to the new Siri intents. So not Siri shortcuts, uh, proper hard-coded hard Siri APIs. Um that they'll be able to use, including media playback, search, voice calling, message attachment, things like that. Uh, marzipan will become a thing. Uh, so uh, I love how marzipan fundamentally is going to come down to ticking what this whole two, three years of talking about it will come down to ticking <laughs> yeah. one box in Xcode. And then, hey, look, your, your, your Mac app runs on, sorry, your iPad app runs on the Mac as well. Now go fix it, make it better. Um, it's <laughs> yeah, it's, that, with, with an asterisk there. Please go make it better. Please go make it better. This drama is just coming down to one tiny little box. I love it. I really do. <laughs> um, AR, new AR APIs uh, that will only be racing in Swift, no Objective C uh, for game developers and things like that. Uh, in in Apple's continued AR push, they'll obviously have a game demo on stage with this. Uh, the developers will be able to get into the Taptic Engine properly. Um, the moment they can just sort of use systems feedback styles, uh, but now they'll be able to properly do things with it. NFC access will open up even more. Um, Third-party developers will be allowed to read any tags of a certain specification. I think this actually launched the other day or something. I was I saw a notification about it. I'm honestly not too sure, uh, but I think this is a thing that's pretty much confirmed at this point. Uh, new versions of Core ML, so um, machine learning on on device. If you're into that as a developer, I feel like that is really important. I feel like that is probably one of the. It's so understated in here, but the fact that third-party developers will be able to set non-static uh, machine learning on device that's going to be big. I feel like the stuff that they're going to be able to do with that is massive, and it's yeah. It's the kind of thing at the moment only Apple have access to. And then you'll be get you'll be you'll have full on AI apps. Like someone could just go and create Jarvis, and it will be like using Core ML to do all the thinking on the A13 chip. Like it's it's crazy with the neural engine. It's it's ridiculous. People could just make whatever they want. I know it, that that's exciting, and I feel like I feel like this this should be one of the bold titles. Why is this not? Uh, I don't know. Um, what else is happening? Um, Document scanning that's available in iOS, specifically in the Notes app, will become accessible with a new public framework. Um, apps will be able to capture photos from external devices such as cameras and SD cards without having to go through the Photos app. Quite cool. Uh, on the Mac, apps will be able to offer file provider extensions, uh, improving the way certain apps such as Dropbox can integrate with the Finder. And... Uh, yeah, this will all be unveiled at WWDC. Uh, that sort of stuff is interesting. All the frameworks and stuff, they sort of touch upon it in the keynote. It gets more addressed in like State of the Union. Uh, it doesn't really become interesting until people start taking advantage of it post-September. Uh, but uh, it's cool to see what's going on. WWDC sounds awesome. Let's quickly jump over more uh, to Bloomberg's report. But the link is not working. Oh, no. I was reading this not that long ago. Here we go. I found it just by searching WWDC on Bloomberg's website. I wonder what they changed in the URL. Okay. Um, so Mark Gurman, who is very well informed in this sort of thing, he's he does his his thoughts. Um, I'll do iOS, then John talk about macOS, and then we'll sort of tag team the rest. 
Go for it. Some of this will be a repeat of what we just mentioned, but this is Germa's Tate. iOS 13 is codenamed Yukon. Um, there'll be tweaks and new features across several apps, including features originally planned for last year. They're already working on iOS 14, codenamed Azul for 2020, which will have new AR functionality and 5G support. Uh, the software again will focus on performance and bug fixes. Uh, it'll be faster, reduce bugs. Uh, there'll be new animations such as when launching multitasking and closing apps. Widgets will have a cleaner look. Dark mode, a black and grey heavy interface will be uh, accessible via control center. There'll be a new keyboard, which uh, sounds like a bit like SwiftKey or the swipe keyboards on um, that's been on Android since dawn of time. Um, the health app will get an update uh, with all sorts of new stuff, like uh, how loud you play the mu- like your hearing health. It'll have uh, like period tracking and things like that. Um, Sidecar, he talks about Sidecar, that that'll be coming over, so like that Lunar Display Link functionality. An update to the Reminders app, a really big Reminders update. Uh, so a new main screen with four default sections laid out in a grid, tasks to be done today, all tasks, scheduled tasks, and flag tasks. Um, a new feature in screen time uh, will let parents limit who their kids can and cannot contact at certain times. Uh, so for example a parent can make it so a kid can't contact anyone but them during the evenings this is really cool this is really really cool Um, so they don't stay up talking to their friends but like if they do need to contact their parents or like a family member or whoever in an emergency they can Uh, the books app will have a progress tracker so you keep on reading iMessage is getting an overhaul you're going to have profile pictures and statuses and display names um, and all sorts like that a bit like WhatsApp maps will get an update um, you'll be able to add frequent locations easier than you currently can. Uh, you'll be able to create groups of places and add photos to them. Something we've already heard, uh, Find My Friends and Find My iPhone are merging. Uh, the built-in mail app will get a big update. Uh, sleep mode will uh, tie into bedtime that's built into the clock app, which I keep forgetting is there. It's been there for a few years. Um, this will enable things like Do Not Disturb, turns on dark modes, darken the lock screens, things like that. It'll be an improvement to like the idea of being asleep. Something they sort of worked on um, last year with uh, Do Not Disturb During Bedtime. They're sort of really working on this. It's all coming together now. Home app will be upgraded, so you'll be able to view past security footage recording. So if you have smart CCTV cameras, uh, HomePods will finally get access to um, the voice recognition it's had apparently built in since day one but never turned on where it will be able to understand different family members maybe say uh, say your dad says what text do i have and if i say what text do i have it reads out something different or what's on my calendar tomorrow uh share sheets going to get an update uh it will suggest people based on how frequently you interact with them it doesn't sound like much but again it's something that's really obvious and i think will change my life because uh, I tend to send like a bulk message to lots of people at once when I'm sharing things. Uh, Safari is apparently finally getting uh, a download manager. Uh, <laughs> finally, in 2019, it only took 12, what, 12 <laughs> years? Yeah. Um, an updated files app, which will work better with third-party software and fingers crossed external storage. iPad's getting unique features, including an updated interface for multitasking, tweaks to the home screen, and the ability to cycle through different versions of the same app. And Apple is planning to better integrate hearing aid support. Yeah, that's iOS 13. What I would say about this is German is so specific and reporting on things that, some things that I haven't heard anywhere else and vice versa. 
things that have been said everywhere else, I think all of this is true. Like, straight up accurate information, to be honest. I'd say so. Everything sounds very plausible this year. I think that's the big thing, is that everything they've talked that's been, you know, thrown around does sound very, very plausible. And it wouldn't surprise me that this WWDC becomes not very predictable, but I imagine we've got a pretty good idea of what's coming software-wise, at least. So I'm really out of breath now, um, because that was long. You can do the nice, easy Mac OS, and because I'm going to punish you, because it's nice and short, you can do Watch OS 6 as well, which I cannot believe, by the way, we're on version 6. What? Um, but anyway, yeah, go for it. It's it's a weird thing to think about, right? Um, yeah, so Mac OS is surprisingly short. A lot of this information we've already got. Lots of it talking about Marzipan, of course. Um... So, Mark Gurman reports that obviously the Mac this year is the ability to provide iPad apps to run on laptops and desktops. Um, essentially, this means obviously a, a few things. The Mac e- uh, Mac app ecosystem, which has been stagnant for quite some time, hopefully is going to get a bit of a revamp because of it. Um, there will be several sort of new system applications that uh, they are bringing across that may or may not be marzipanified. I think that's the bit of a grey area here, is that if you go down, uh, he talks about... Um, uh, the new podcast app and the new Find My iPhone and Find My Friends app from iOS 13. Now, they do sound marzipanified. Um, and then you've got the Apple Music app, which is supposedly being developed as a standard Mac program. Um, so that's not getting the marzipan treatment, um, which is good as far as I'm concerned because music on the iPad's a bit of a mess. Um, you've got, as, a, as we talked about earlier, you've got screen time, um, stickers for the Messages app, which is which is nice, finally, coming to the Mac. Um, lots of stuff that iMessage and Messages have had, obviously, on iOS devices for a while. Um, integration with Siri shortcuts as well. Um, the new Reminders app, which is going to be great, and upgrades to Apple Books. Um, now, that's sort of pretty much it as far as software goes. Um, he does talk about how sort of in, in the coming years that they will merge sort of iPhone and iPad and Mac applications um, so that into single downloads that you'll be able to run them pretty much on any app or, or sorry, on any device um, and potentially um, merge app stores. And that sounds pretty much more like conjecture as far as Mark Gurman's concerned. You know, he doesn't base it on anything, just sort of where he sees that going in the future. Um, which could be interesting, I suppose. Um, I would just, I'd find it kind of difficult trawling through all of those garbage iOS apps trying to find a decent Mac one. I feel like that would be, I mean, obviously the goal here is that they were one on everything, but you might not want that. And he also talks a little bit about the revamped Mac Pro desktop uh, that may or may not be coming, um, and the new external monitor, which is apparently, I haven't seen this before, codenamed J290 with high dynamic range support, so HDR supposedly of some varying quality. Um, And that's pretty much it for Macs and hardware and sort of software-wise. Not as much, um, but obviously, hopefully, you know, he doesn't talk about any of the... um, uh, uh, watch um, Apple Watch authentication stuff, which I find interesting. Um, Basically, it's all pretty much marzipan stuff. And... uh, um, or, well, new apps coming, which obviously I would imagine most of those are going to be based off Marzipan in some shape or form. Um, that's pretty much it as far as Mac OS goes. Uh, anything you want to add? Uh, not really, other than uh, I feel sorry for your doggo that was whining during that. That was traumatic. I don't know what he's doing. I think he's laying outside my door because obviously it's shut at the moment. And he wants to come in. I think so, but he's not the sentimental type of dog. He is, but... If he wants something... Which one was it? Was it Levi or Toby? Toby. Toby Toby is the most food-driven dog I've ever seen. That's what he wants. He wants food. That's what it is. He wants food. Yeah. Not that there's any in here, so... 
Um, Watch OS 6. So big thing, um, Apple is adding the App Store directly onto the Apple Watch. Um, so users can download apps on the go. Uh, essentially, obviously this makes more makes sense, I suppose, pushing the Apple Watch into being more of a depend, uh, independent device rather than simply a companion for your iPhone. Um, obviously with all the cellular functionality they got, that could be kind of cool. Voice memos um, will also be coming to the Apple Watch, um, which which is good. I mean, you might as well have that on the watch, right? I mean, I don't imagine I'll be using it a great deal, but always nice to see. Um, and emoji, emoji stickers to the device to synchronize from an iPhone. Um, so you'll be able to make stickers of your face and send them from your watch as well, which I guess would be cool. Um, Apple Books for listening to audiobooks from the wrist and a calculator app. The calculator app is going to be cool. I feel like I would use that a lot, actually. Um, there will also be a few new health-related apps for the watch, which uh, makes sense. They are obviously pretty big health devices. Um, you've got one dubbed Dose they've got here. Uh, and inside uh, for pill reminders, apparently, and another one called Cycles to track menstrual cycles. I know Holly will love that. She really likes doing that. So that's right up her street. Um, so you've also got more watch face complications, which obviously makes sense, you know, new apps. Of course, there'll be more complications, hopefully some other ones as well. Um, additional snippets of information beyond just the time, supposedly. Uh, there'll be one that shows status of audiobooks and showing the battery life of hearing aids. Um, so again, you know, sort of more hearing aid implementation going on here. Um, and others that measure external noise and rain data, which they've got here. Um, also got some new faces to hear about. Uh, there's apparently planning several new ones, which doesn't surprise me. You've got a gradient face. Um, and uh, two new extra large faces, which show the you know blow everything up a little bit and make it a bit bigger, which are good for my dad because his eyesight's awful and he uses the big one. Also, a California dial, which looks like a classic watch face and mixes Roman numerals with Arabic numerals. A redesigned solar analog watch face that looks like a sundial, and a new infograph sundial one that includes larger complication views like a stock market chart or the weather. So, yep, some more token watch faces, which do actually sound quite nice, but I just want to be able to make my own and download my own. Why can't I do that? Um, yeah, but yeah, look cool. That's it for Watch OS 6, by the way. I'm excited. Um, yeah, dub dub, really soon. We're going to get a bunch of new software and betas, and uh, we will check it out soon. Right, let's go on to uh, colourful stuff. Apple Stage, this is just cool. It doesn't require much talking. There was a drone video a few weeks ago over Apple Park, uh, which we haven't seen much of recently because the drone st stuff sort of stopped when it was finished. Um, but there was this rainbow in the middle of the in the middle of the park, in the, inside the spaceship, and uh, it caught it got a bit of attention for some reason. I was just been like, okay, they put a stage up there, cool. Um, but then a internal memo went out from Johnny Ive saying, if you've been to Apple Park lately, you've seen it. A rainbow has appeared in the middle of the ring. It's the latest of Johnny Ive's team's creations, this time crafted specifically for our Apple family and the May 17 special event at Apple Park. This event is both a celebration of the opening of the new campus and a tribute to Steve. So this stage has been put up for a special event they're having at Apple Park for employees. Um, shoehorning in a bit of Steve Jobs there. Uh, I guess he, he did envision the campus. And <laughs> if, this is the, if this is the opening ceremony, honestly, I'd sort of assume that had already happened but yeah i guess i guess not this is this is it yeah they've been moving people in for years and it's weird to think that a that they hadn't done it already and b that they're finally doing it 
and uh, yeah, you get a giant rainbow stage if once once you've done it's like the reward for completing a difficult level. They are going to take it down, but they uh, can um, they can put it. It's there. Yeah, it's reusable. <laughs> they can take it apart, transport it around. I don't know, man. They said that about the Eiffel Tower. That's still there. Still there, man. Uh, I hope one day we will see the Apple stage. Whether we we go to, or if we ever get like dub dub tickets rather than alt conf, um, and it's at the beer bash or something. But we'll see. But it sounds like they're going to be using it. The reason they went for a rainbow is they wanted uh, they wanted positive, joyful, playful. They wanted uh, include to express their inclusion values. Um, so yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense to have a rainbow. I think it's really cool. Technology should be colourful. Um, but yeah, this was a little thing <laughs> that, that spawned up last week. Uh, speaking of colours, um, iPhone XR is getting an update this year, as we said, with this dual lens camera and massive camera bump. Apparently, they're getting rid of the product... Nope, not the product red, my bad. The blue and the coral options. Black, white, yellow product red will remain, but blue will be replaced with lavender, and... Uh, Coral will be replaced with green. Um, two very nice new colours. Uh, in fact, today we actually saw the leaked rear glass for them really early on, but they looked very legit, to be honest. Mark Gurman tweeted it. Very it legit. Um, I think that they're, they're true, they're accurate. As you pointed out, more interesting that they've discontinued the blue and the coral, which I'd assume are two of the most popular colours. Uh, maybe that is why they've discontinued them. They want more new colors in the wild. Uh, it makes sense from a marketing perspective because most of the marketing has always been blue or coral, like by far, I think. Um, so for the 20, 2019 ones, they're going to probably use lavender and green, being like, look, these are the new ones. Um, black and white's obviously going to stay. Product red's going to stay. And I guess yellow's the other one. But uh, it would have made more sense to me if they kept white black red and then had three new ones yeah um i mean it does say here that um in the in the uh, macrams article that it seems more similar to the mellow yellow cases so i'd imagine it will be slightly different maybe a little softer because the one at the moment is quite uh fluorescent i would say um i have to look at one often enough um but yeah but it will still be yellow but i'd imagine probably maybe a bit softer more pastel seems like they're going for the pastel vibes this year I quite like that. Yeah, that glass is a much more mellow yellow. <laughs> uh, I wonder if yeah, the red much. will change as well. Is that in? It's not in the picture, is it? Uh, I'm gonna find it now. I don't. I must admit, I don't remember seeing it. No, it's not. I'm looking at it. Um, it's not there. Uh, yeah, the the red might change, but we'll see. Um, interesting. Like the the ten hours going purple right after Google have done it. Um, obviously, I'm sure they're not connected in any way, but it's just an interesting thing. Um, wow, that just about does it. We we did race through that episode. It's still one hour forty at the time of recording, but when we cut bits out, and imagine when we we covered all of that in an episode that's no longer than our our normal ones. I'm proud of you. Oh, thanks. I think it was your stellar effort of racing through follow up. That was like uh, that was a machine. Yeah, man, we got to be more efficient. Yeah, you didn't you didn't let us get sidetracked. Nah, that's a bad idea. Next time on the Blowing Show, we will be in San Jose. As I said earlier on in the episode, this is pretty cool. We'll be sitting in an Airbnb around a couple of MacBook Pros and a couple of microphones and just talking. Uh, it's going to be a long boy, um, a very long boy. Um, we're going to be chatting a lot of nonsense, but we're also going to be talking about some interesting <laughs> so stuff. So much. 
Yep, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. don't know how we're going to find the time to do it. <laughs> also that. We will do it. I mean, on Tuesday, we got... Do we have connected in the evening? We have connected in the evening, right? Or is that Wednesday? No, it's the talk show that's meant to be Tuesday evening, but Gruber still hasn't announced anything. Yeah, that's He's the just one. said He said ages ago, keep your calendars free. But he hasn't released any details. But he, I was looking into it. Historically, he does it quite soon before because he often gets like Apple execs on it. So I'd imagine it sort of gets finalized really close to the event. So I've still got tweet notifications set up. But I'd imagine during the day on Tuesday... We'll go to a few alt comp sessions, but I don't think we have too much, unless that's when our automators meetup is. I don't know. We'll, I think we'll record it on Tuesday, if not Monday night after ATP. Um, but yeah, it's going to be fun. Fun, 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 fun. It's going to be great. Have you got anything else to say, or shall we uh, Shall we kill it there? Uh, I can't think of anything. I need to get a new chair. My butt hurts. Oh my goodness, I've had a pillow on this chair for months, and it's... This chair's like 10, 15 years old. I need to do it, but, you know, they're surprisingly expensive. Yeah, this, this chair is old. I took it from my from my dad's office when he had to give that that room up. Um, then I like it, but it's old, and I need a new one. So you stole your dad's chair so you can use your stolen iMac that you stole from your dad? I mean, this technically went... The iMac went straight into my room. It never went anywhere else, so... I love it. It's gold. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it does mean, it does mean, as I said last week, that I'm uh, in the market for a new one in the next couple of years. So you know what? Same. I say new one. Basically, the only Mac I've ever got is my MacBook Pro. So I think we're just about done. To be honest, I think that show was action packed. It was. It was succinct. Um, it was like. Uh, like a like a fight scene from a comic book, you know. It's a bang bang bang. Yeah. Pow. Chow and Karak. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I have much else to say. Um. So I might see you tomorrow. Uh. Well, yeah. I mean, I want to see the purplish three A. So. Oh yeah. I'll I'll rip it open in the shop. Do it. I'll do an unboxing. I'll get you booked in for a setup. Oh my god! Do it. Ah, <laughs> oh, be like um, data transfer. How do you data transfer from an iPhone to a to a to an Android? I'm pretty sure there's a move to Android. Oh, there is. I'm so excited, man! Like last time I had an Android device, it was an Nexus Seven, so it was a it was a Google device, but it was a tablet, not a phone. Some things it couldn't do. This is a full-on Google flagship without like all the power and glass back. Basically, I'm the only thing I'm bummed it doesn't have is wireless charging. Because that isn't a luxury anymore, and it'd be nice to just drop it on the same charger as my phone. Yeah. Um, not that I don't have a USB-C charger by my bed for my iPad anyway, but it just would be nice. Um, but yeah, I'm just it's got the Pixel 3 camera, so <laughs> it's got an OLED screen as well. Has it? I didn't realize. I thought I just assumed it had. Um... No, it's OLED. That's really cool. I must be, have you seen the. Um... The reviews, obviously, because the embargo is just listed for the uh, the OnePlus Seven One, Pro. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. The back is fit. It does I look think. pretty cool. I just don't want the Android. Looks really I nice. just don't want Android. I'm sorry, I can't. No, me neither. I read more than ever in my life. I'm just not into it. It just doesn't feel thought out. That's the problem with it. I would like to try it again because it's been so long since I have. And the only way I would try it would be stock Android, and so it would be a Pixel. 
Um, I don't, I feel like I've been there, done that. I don't want some weird uh, uh, secondary OS just skinned over the top, no matter how good it is. Like even like, you know, like Oxygen OS, which is obviously OnePlus is one, even though that's supposed to be pretty good. I just don't want that. I just want to use stock Android. Um, and I feel like I'm interested in, I'm interested in stock Android. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, kind of jealous. Uh, yeah, I'd like to play around with the 3A. I'm just, I'm really hyped for Night Sight. Night Sight. That's <laughs> why so I'm doing it. I honestly thought they'd remove, I'm sure I saw they'd removed Night Sight from it, but no, not the case. Lots of this stuff I figured out after I bought it, because um, as I say, it was limited to the first thousand people, and it's been out, this offer's been on for about a week. So I kind of impulsed it already semi making my mind up at that price i'm like yes solid and then uh yeah i mean at that pro- price goddamn. i did more research afterwards i was happy to pay 3.99 for it honestly uh, i was going to order it from google directly and i'm not going to have a case on it which will be nice because i don't really care about it um so I, i'm going to i'm going to put like a google sticker on the back of one of my android stickers and stuff i'm just going to sort of just it's going to be my my stress release phone uh, please put an Apple sticker on the back. Oh, that'd be edgy. I'm doing it. Do it. Absolutely do it. But yeah, no, we're going to have a... I think I, it dawned on me. I'm going to... Because I'm getting it tomorrow, I'm going to take it away with me this time and take some photos. But I'm going to save most of the photo taking for us in San Francisco. I think it'd be a lot of fun um, to see what we I can do. I feel like that could be really interesting. Yeah, because we're very good at getting cool nighttime shots on our 10Ss and eking them out. I think it'll be quite fun seeing what this can do. Yeah. And Definitely. testing out the portrait mode. I'm hyped. Yeah, I must admit, I feel like I, I am quite excited for the next gen pixels. Pixel four. Get rid of the notch. Yeah, oh or maybe the other the other three notches as well. Get rid of all of them. You can have as many as you want if you want. <laughs> um I was looking at the Pixel three. <laughs> the uh, Pixel one today. What an ugly, odd looking thing that was. <laughs> that was a strange phone. Wow, the Pixel 1 is so weird. It looks like an iPhone 6S. It looks like a yeah. knockoff 6S. It was the Nexus Sailfish. That's what it was called as a code name. It is literally a knockoff 6. I'm really excited for this phone because I've wanted to have a Pixel for a long time. I've actually been looking at second-hand first-gen Pixels. Um, and this is just like a full-on Pixel experience in an unbelievable price already. And this saving I'm getting is... I'm really excited, um, and as as you say, I'm scared. It's almost scared. a no-brainer. Yeah, I'm scared <laughs> to see how good I'm scared. it is. Yeah, yeah. I feel like at the end of the day, there'll just be things that obviously you won't be able to sacrifice. Um, oh no, I'm never giving it but up. I would imagine it's. I'm never moving over. No, but I would imagine it will be. But I'm excited to be joining Team Pixel as a ambassador from the iPhone camp. Oh my god, I'm sorry, but you look at the standard Pixel Three, and what is going on with that phone? I hate the look of the Pixel 3 XL with that notch. I just hate it. What's wrong with the baby the Pixel The notch is 3? horrendous. Oh, the the chin is bezels. huge. Yeah, it's just the bezels, to be honest. Like, that's not a current device, you know? That looks like from something from 2017 at the at the newest, you know? Yeah, people, that's why people don't like it. It's just hard to look at. The Android world is really unappealing at the moment. Like, not that I've always... There have been times I've been very tempted by it, but I have to admit, I don't know where I'd go. I must admit, I feel like... I remember sort of when I was still in the camp, the uh, the Nexuses did always interest me, and I feel like if I were to get another... If, if I had gotten another 
Android phone as opposed to moving over to iPhone then. I feel like I would have gone for a Nexus um, the at the lo- time. The Nexus 5, like just the 5, before they went to 5X and 5P and stuff, um, was the last cool Nexus. When they went to the Nexus 6, that was weird because it was 6 inches or something and it was it was a horrible shape. It was so uncomfortable to hold in the hand. Um and it was ugly because the thing with Nexus phones is they were all like they changed it up. Some years it was made by LG, some years HTC, some years Motorola. Yeah. And the Nexus six. I remember the Nexus six being such a backstep, and they kind of killed the brand and then revived it as the Pixel a few years later. Man, I'm I'm really pumped. Last Android version I used was um, Lollipop. I'm gonna say maybe Marshmallow. I think Lollipop. Oh, I have no idea. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, no. This is this gonna be cool. In fact, I feel like this is just the this device couldn't have come along at a better time. Um, it's it's really cool. I saw on Twitter Stephen Hackett got on as well. I don't know if he's spoken about it on podcast because I'm still like two weeks behind. Um, but he did. Oh, he I've did. fallen behind a little bit recently as well. Yeah. No, he mentioned on Twitter that he's bought an Android phone for the first time in ages, and it's a Pixel Three A. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I'll bring it in tomorrow. We'll, we'll crack it out, out back. <laughs> uh, oh, goodness.